Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Good morning, Lifehouse family. We're in part two. Yeah, let's give it up for Jesus, man. We're in part two of our series today, New Words for a New Year to See a New You. Excited today, last week. What was our word? Anyone remember? It was no. Exactly. The first service, I was like, no? But then I was like, oh, hold on. That was the word last week. It was was the power to say no. I encourage you, check that out, Sound, SoundCloud, iTunes, go on there, get that podcast from last Sunday. Um, I believe that it will really, really help you learn to how, how to have the power to say no. Today, our second word, new word for a new year to see a new you, is this word process. Turn to someone and say, you're in the middle of a process. Turn to your second choice. And tell your second choice, uh, you're in the middle of a process. You're in the middle of a process. Typical words that we use starting off a brand new season year, whenever we want to see new goals happen, we want to see change happen. It's like drive, endurance, grind, determination. With this series, the goal was is like we need some new words as Christ's followers to really, really help us and propel us and empower us to to see a new us in 2019 because we all come in with resolutions and goals and where this year is going to is going to be different how many of, of you you've got things this year that you're wanting to change you're wanting to see different from last year and I'm sure that we all do um, but you know with this series I just felt we just we just need some new words to focus on to empower us to see 2019 be different and so last week was no, this week is process. How many of you know we live in a culture of instant? Instant. Instant entertainment. Instant food. Instant gratification. Instant information. Instant connections. I mean, our culture has become proficient at being efficient where we are incredible at doing things in a very instant, fast way. I mean, how many of you, you've, you're online and the internet takes eight seconds more than what you think it should? <laughs> Ready to pick up your laptop and throw it, Right? Like, we have become incredibly proficient at doing things faster, but I think that we will also agree in this attempt and really in this success of becoming faster and more efficient at being proficient, we've also become a tad bit shallower, right? Where we can do things fast, but we also circumvent a lot of processes that give the things that we want meaning, a great example of this, relationships. It's absolutely crazy that you can go on your phone and download an app. I don't know. We'll just say Tinder. I've never been on there. Maybe some of y'all have. I don't know. No, I'm just just kidding. Or Bumblebee or, or, or some of these dating apps, right? 
And, and you can, yeah, christianmingle.com. <laughs> it's all, I, I have heard so, so many couples get on, and, and they found good people. I'm like, yo, go on an online date. If I was online dating, I'd be like, I need a background check, an online app, I, you know, anyway. That's a whole other sermon. But, um, you know, thinking about how you can literally go on an app and download an app and find a connection, find someone else to literally just go and have sex with. Literally go and have a, a, a one-night fling. And in that process, if you want an instant, gratif- instant gratification, you circumvent and miss, like, the steps in the process of, like, meeting somebody, talking with somebody, getting to know somebody, liking somebody, dating somebody, courting somebody, asking someone to marry you, and then having the wedding and then being intimate. So you're circumventing the God-ordained process to meet an instant gratification, right? Think about food. Um, food is instant, man. I, I can tell you, if you go to at 11.15 at the Chipotle right by CNU, that's the secret, 11.15, not 11.30. 11.30, there's a lot of people in there. So I get there at 11.15. I can literally walk in the side door. Bowl. White rice, black beans, steak, mild, cheese and sour cream, lettuce, chips and guac. (laughs) Garbage can. (laughs) I didn't see this here. Chips and guac. That will be 11.25. Literally in 90 seconds, I walk into that store and walk out with a bowl full of goodness. Come on, somebody. Any Chipotle fan? Let's take a pause. Let's take a praise break and thank the Lord for Chipotle today. Can we just, oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? But I get instant food, 90 seconds, I can have a bag full of goodness. Do you know what I don't see in all of this? I don't see the cow that was slaughtered, that was raised. I don't see the cow slaughtered. I don't see the lettuce grown. I don't see the rice grown. I don't see the sour cream put together in some factory. I don't see the cheese. I, I, don't, I don't see the tomatoes grown and the tomatoes cut and the prep and all that stuff getting in a truck and it traveling all the way to Newport News, Virginia, getting out of the truck and then get, get to the point where I get it. All I get is the instant. I don't see the process that it took for it to actually happen to get into my hand, and then going into my stomach. Now, look, I'm for 90-second Chipotle, okay? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not preaching against that. I'm preaching for that. Praise the Lord. But what I'm saying is, is we can be easily trained in our instant culture to think the things that are going to happen and the change that we are going to see this in 2019 is going to occur instantly. Because we, because we live in an instant culture, we can, we can equate our culture of instant with thinking we serve a God of instant. 
And I don't know if you've been serving God as long as I have. But if you follow him long enough, you know for sure we do serve a God who can work in the power of the instant. I've seen him do it. I've seen healings. I've seen people with life-controlling addictions freed on the spot. I've seen God be the God of the instant. But more times than not, I see that God, the God we serve, is a God of the process. He's a God that works and shows himself in the midst and through a process. Now, what we as followers of Christ have to do in this culture is we have to make sure that we are trained by culture to think about God that way, of thinking, oh, everything happens instantly, so God is going to be a God of the instant. Because typically, like I said, God works and shows himself in a process. So whatever God wants to do in your life this year, whatever change, whatever new you you want to see this year, is probably not going to happen through an instantaneous decision or an instantaneous work of God. It's going to happen through you going through a process. Turn to someone to say you're going through a process. You're going through a process. So I want to get you ready today for whatever, however this can apply to you. Because I know with, in, with, so, with so many people here, you're in so many different life situations, so many different relational dynamics, so many, so many different variables. I'm just praying that God would take what I say today and through the power of the Holy Spirit, help you apply it to what you need to hear in your life so you can go through whatever process you're going to walk through this year so you can see the changes that you want to see in 2019. Because some of you, you want to see relational changes. Like your marriage has been garbage for years and you know it and you're together, but you're functionally not, but you're, you have a title. So you are, you live in the same house. You, you sometimes sleep in the same bed. It's like, you know, like there are some changes that you want to see. There's some changes that many of you want to see individually. It's like you, you're tired of doing the same old things. You're tired of being this weight. You're tired of living financially paycheck to paycheck. Like there's so many things you're tired and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And what I pray today does is it gives you the power to know God can and will work, but many times he will work in the midst of a process to help you see the freedom you desire. Amen? Amen. So, I want to talk about this process some. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know about you, but I've always battled and wrestled with why God decides to work in the form of a process, because I like instant. I like now, right? And, and, but, but, but God many times chooses to work in the form of a process. So this really didn't make sense to me until I had kids. And until I realized instant to my kids doesn't develop anything in them. It actually develops a spirit of slap in them. Some of y'all will get that later, huh? <laughs> where, <laughs> where, you know, I mean, have you ever seen spoiled kids? Well, whatever they want, they get. But it's just a, you know, you know, the, you know, the, um, you know it's just, oh, you got to get the kid, oh, we don't want the kid to cry, we don't want the kid to be uncomfortable, we, we, we don't want the kid to, and you're just like, you know, and, and you got kids growing, growing up like that, and they think the world waits on them hands and feet. They think the world revolves around them. And nothing, no form of 
perseverance, no form of, of endurance, no form of character traits have been formed in, in them. And as a parent, I'm just not trying to give my kid what he wants. I'm trying to develop in him certain character traits that he needs. And typically, that will happen not through me giving him everything he wants instantly. It will happen through me putting him through a process. But all parents know your kid needs to go through in order to be the kind of person he needs to be to survive in the world. So we cannot be surprised when God wants to work in you a certain process. And so don't be surprised when God doesn't just immediately give you what you want, give you the kind of character trait you want. Somebody, God, give me patience. Just give it to me. We pray. God, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Mazda. We start speaking in tongues, and God, give me the gift of patience, and Lord, and you know. Why do I still want to give the one-hand salute to that guy? For cutting me off. It's like we pray for things. And just expect God to be instant. But God is more interested, not just in giving you what you want. He wants to develop in you the kind of person you need to be. He wants to develop. Develop is a process. Process means developing. So I want to talk to you about this process that God is doing in you. So, you know, so like I said, this could apply to so many different processes that you're in. But I want this to specifically apply today to all of us about the process, it's called sanctification. It's kind of this, it's, it's a real churchy word that basically means the process that God uses in our lives to make us and shape us, to mold us, to conform us, to be like him. And, and, and so we're just going to dive into a couple parts of that process. And, and the first part is the path of the process. We're going to talk about the path of the process, the purpose of the process, and your part in the process, and I have 20 minutes to do it, so pray for a brother, all right? We're going we're gonna to have to move. The path of the process, I don't know if you've ever seen, but typically the path of the process that God uses in our lives is unpredictable. I mean, isn't life so unpredictable? Where you encounter things and people and situations that if you were in control, you wouldn't? Like, you go to your job, and you've got people at your job that you'd fire if you were the boss. It's like, you know, you got people that, that you, in your family that you wouldn't have put in, you would have put in someone else's family tree if you were God. And you've got financial issues and challenges. You would have wished your parents would have been a little smarter with their finances so they could have given you a good inheritance. And, but now you're over here struggling, you know, because no one taught you and your family how to do finances. And it's just there's so many things in life that are so unpredictable. You're handed things in your life that you don't want. You're handed down things that you didn't ask for. It almost feels like you're playing a card game and you get dealt this, you know, you're playing seven card stud and you got like a two of diamonds and a three of hearts. <laughs> Not that I gamble or anything, but you know, I mean, if you do gamble, just tithe and God will forgive you. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, but, but it's like, where it's like you've been dealt this kind of like hand and, you know, it's, it's, 
and you didn't ask for the hand, but it's what you got. And there's just so many different variables and so many different parts of the process that honestly many of us would change and many of us would look back on and, and many of us would wish that we could change. And I wish that there was some hocus pocus answer that I could tell you of just why God did what he's done and why God has allowed what he has allowed in your life. But all that I can say is, is that life is unpredictable and all of us encounter things that are unique to us. Like, I don't, you know, me, I mean, one of my big things in my journey has been stuttering. I never asked to stutter, but it's something that I've, you know what, I got, I can, you know, I've worked through it, I've processed through it, and it is what it is. But, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that in my life has been unpredictable that I've had to um, deal with and the challenge of. But at the same time, what I have learned is that in the midst of this unpredictable life, the process has got to include us leaning on and relying on what is predictable. And what is predictable is God's faithfulness and God's goodness in the midst of our unpredictable life and world. Lamentations 3.22 through, through 23 says this, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This was done at a, at a time. This, this book of the Bible is called Lamentations. Do you know what l lament means? Means like you're sad and, and you're like sorrowful. And this was a time in Israel's history that basically the, you know, the city of Jerusalem was just being torn down and destroyed when, when it seems like all of God's promises were not coming true. And the prophet Jeremiah wrote this book and he basically said, look, let me tell you, I know right now your circumstances look this way, but in the midst of your circumstances, you've got to look past the circumstances to the character of the God that is overseeing these circumstances. And let me tell you about the character of the God that, over, that is overseeing these circumstances. Because of his great love, we are not consumed. In other words, this, we might be down, but we're not out. We might be hurt, but we're not dead, right? We are not consumed for his compassions, never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Y'all, as a follower of Christ, you've got to be convinced in your spirit and have a spirit of conviction that says God is faithful. Basically saying, God, in the midst of this unpredictable world, I'm going to focus on the predictableness of your character and your faithfulness. Because here's the bottom line. If your faith in God is built on your circumstances, you'll have a roller coaster faith. Because your circumstances are so up and down. You, you know it. And I mean, some, some people, their faith in God is bent on the stock market. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's, 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 it's bad. But if you build your faith on God's character, on the predictableness of his character, that God is good, he's, he's faithful. It, it gives you stability, and it gives you a constant in the midst of the craziness of the process that God is working and doing in your life. If your faith is built on your circumstances, you'll have a roller coaster of faith. But when you build your faith on the character of God in us, it gives you a constant the path is unpredictable, but in the midst of your un, in the path in the midst of your unpredictability, focus on God's predictability. Secondly, though, the path the path of the process is always longer than you think. It's always longer than you think. It's always longer, and you know, sign it. You know what I've heard many many times. We want God to be a microwave, but God's a crockpot. Right? It's like we want you know the thirty second put it in. 
the microwave and God just, you know, gives us it. But, but no, God is like a crock pot, man. You put that joint in the crock pot, put that joint on eight hours, let that joint simmer, let that joint get, get right. You walk in the house and it just fills the house. I'm hungry. My wife did that. Um, my wife did that the other day. And, and, and actually today when we go home, I'm going to be smelling it. And I'm like, thanks, babe. I'm fasting. I hate you. Um, but it's, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's just like, why, why are you doing this? But you know, it's like it, there is something about a process that takes time that God does because he wants to breed depth in, in you. And that takes time. And I think we need to be really, really careful in the midst of this instant world that we don't view the work of God, the process of God, as always being instant. But we've got to know it's going to take time because he's not constrained by your time constraints. Scripture says his his, his ways are above your ways. His thoughts are above your thoughts. And I know many of you want what, God, what you think God has for you right now, but don't miss the fact that God has you in a process right now to prepare you for the purpose that he has for you. Think about Jesus. Jesus was prepared. Jesus was in a process for 30 years for a three-year assignment. He was in a process for 30 years. Luke 2.52 says this. This is where like the only scripture that we actually have that really connects Jesus' birth to his ministry at 30. <laughs> like one of them is, you know what? Luke says this, and Jesus grew. In wisdom, he became smarter. And he grew physically. And he grew in favor with God and man. You know what this is basically saying? Jesus went through a process of growing, of developing, of being shaped for his ultimate purpose. If Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, went through a process to shape him and prepare him for his purpose, don't think you're not, you're exempt. Don't think you're exempt. Actually, expect it. Expect the fact of the what God has allowed in your life, what God has done in your life is preparing you for the purpose. It's going to be longer than you think. It's going to be longer than you think. And that's why I think we need to be careful about judging other people's journeys. Because let me tell you what church people are good at. You know, we got church, church people, they've been saved. This is what it is I'm saying. We've been saved, you know, if you've got people, they've been saved for 15 years. You get somebody brand new coming into the church. They've been in church a year, and you're like, I can't believe they're not over that yet. Such sinner, are they even saved? Yeah, this is a real talk. We have people that are brand new in the faith, are growing, and you've got these seasoned Christ followers that forget where they were. You typically judge when you forget where you were. A spirit of judgment rises up in you when you forget where you were one year into this thing, right? And that's why I think we've got to be careful about, about judging other people's journeys. Focus on your own journey. Because you've got enough issues in your life that you need to focus on. Instead of trying to be the judge and jury about when someone else's process should happen and when it should happen and how it should, how it should happen. Now, here's, here's the bottom line. This does not mean that there are times that we need to bring correction and we need to bring course corrections, but when it's done, it's done in grace and truth, right? But 
I think we always need to be careful about judging other people's journeys and just knowing, and instead of judging them, we pray for them. And we pray, God, thank you for the journey that, that you've done in my life. And I pray that what you've done in my life, you would help me to see them the way that you see me and the way that you saw me. The same way you were patient with me, give me patience with them to pray for them and love them. Not only is it longer than you think, it's harder than you think. The process will always be harder than you think. And I just think we always have to be very careful that we don't always equate God's will with being the easiest choice. Because I don't know about you, we are creatures of comfort. We are typically creatures that gravitate towards the easiest path. And what I've seen when, whenever Christ followers, we have got options of things that we can do and paths, paths that we can actually take. We always equate many times God's will with what's easier. This job pays $80,000, and I got to do this. This job pays fifty-five. dollars and they got to do this. And, 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 and you know, you can, you can feel God's heart. And, and you can feel that, the, like, you know, if you take this job, $80,000, you know it's going to take you from, from your family. You know you've got kids at home. You, you know if you take this job, it will be more money, but it will sell your soul out. And you know it. But it, it looks easier. It looks better. Right? So, so it's, it's like we've got to make sure that the process that God has us in is, is that we've got to know it's going to be harder than you think. Someone's paging their iPhone. I don't know. Someone's pinging it. Apparently somebody lost it, so that better be Jesus pinging you. That's all i got to say. All right? Think about it, it though. If we just say the path, I mean, the path of the greatest glory to God is typically what you see in the Bible is typically the path full of the most pain. The people that you see that glorified God the most in Scripture was typically the path full of the most pain. That's why I encourage you, if you have gone through pain in here, if you are in the midst of a, of a painful season, if you are just in pain right now, then I, you know, I believe pain is the greatest incubator of God's purposes. Why? Because we can see in Jesus' life, Scripture says that Jesus was prepared for what he was going to do through what he suffered. Why? Because I believe people that have suffered are shapeable and moldable to what God wants to do. I mean, have you ever seen somebody that has never suffered? Not that that's a bad, bad thing, but when they try to help somebody that, has, that is going through suffering and they've never been through it, it's, it's harder because you can't relate. And that is why Jesus, Scripture calls him the great high priest, the great pastor, the great one that can, that can relate with all of us because he's been where you are. He's had his best friends turn his back on him. He has had, you know, he, he has had painful situations, painful physical situations. He has gone through what we've gone through, felt what we have felt totally. And in that, because of that, because he endured and came through, he can then help us to get through the pain that we're going through. But in the same way his pain led to his purpose, I believe your pain can lead to your purpose as well. But it's a process. The process is longer than you think, and the process is harder than you think. Starting this church was a hard process. The process that God took me through to start this church of being in some crazy churches 
and seeing a lot of being under some crazy pastors and learning some things the hard way and, and, and um, working two jobs and going to school full time and having a family, like all of these seasons that God had me in that I look back on now when I was in it like I hated God and hated myself. I look back on now and I'd be like, holy crap, God, that's what you were doing. I never knew being in that would give this the time. Just to give one small thing, I was straight in this construction job. I, I, I'm just not a construction guy. Like, I, if you've seen me, like, it, it's sad, okay? That's why I'm so glad that my sister is dating somebody handy now because it's like, okay, good, because I'm like, if dad passes... This family is screwed. Like, we're, we're not having, no, I can't fix nothing. I can't do anything. Like, hopefully, Lacey, this works out. So this guy can get into our family, and he can be the handy one. But I, the only job that I could find was a construction job to make money and pay for the, fa- you know, and, and it was like, I, I'm in this job, you know, and then I'm the Christian boy coming in, you know, and construction dudes with a Christian dude, you know, they're like, I can't even tell you what they were telling me. It was bad. Like, they were putting me through the ringer trying to get me to do things and see things and all sorts of stuff. But by God's grace, I endured. I built relationship. I knew the purpose. It is, it is absolutely insane now. Three of, three of, three of the guys working there, when, when I was there, are now a part of this church. That did not have a faith background are now a part of a faith background in a body of Christ. I don't say that for any benefit here. I, I am saying that in the season, I hated it, but I had no clue and idea what God was doing, what process he was doing, not just in my life, but the people around me life as I was faithful to steward and live in the process that I was in. So don't waste your season. Don't waste your process. He is working. He's not done. It's longer than you think, and it's harder than you think. I got to hurry. Secondly, the purpose of the process. Let me tell you the purpose of the process that God has you in right now. The process that you will walk through. The whole purpose of the Christian thing. The whole purpose of Jesus. The whole purpose, y'all. The whole purpose the church exists. The whole purpose the Holy Spirit came down and dwells in us is to conform and shape us to be like Jesus. I know that's not going to get any hollers or amens or whatever, but I think when we miss the fact of the ultimate process that God is doing in us is to shape us and mold us to be like Jesus, if we miss that, we miss it all. I know you've heard pastors and preachers promise you this and promise you money and promise you prosperity and promise, just promise all of this stuff. And it, but then it becomes this whole thing, oh, you get Jesus and you get this stuff. It becomes Jesus plus whatever, then you're happy. You know what the most beneficial thing we could ever receive out of following Jesus is the fact that we are being conformed and shaped to be like Jesus? That's the greatest reward that if we're in it for any other reason, we've missed it. The fact of is that every life situation, every circumstance, every situation, every process, everything you've been through, everything you will go through, or the question has got to shift from why did it happen, it's got to shift to how are you going to use this to shape and mold me, Jesus, to be more like you. 
And that's what makes Romans 8.28 so powerful, is when we see in all of these things, God works to the good of those that love him. And, we see, you know, and many of y'all know this, and we know that in all things, everyone say all. That word is Greek for all. Things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Not that all things are good. Some of the things you've experienced have been horrible and perplexing. You didn't ask for it. But God is so good that he will take what isn't good and make it work for your good and actually take it and use it to build a beautiful picture about, about trying to conform you to be like Jesus. He will take it and use it to shape you and mold you to conform you to the image of Jesus. Check this out. Romans 8.29 says this. For God those foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Basically saying this, yeah, all that best stuff that happens, the purpose of it is to shape and conform you to be made in the image of Jesus. If you miss the purpose of your process, which the whole point is for you to be like Jesus, y'all. To be a sanctified, Jesus-like version of you in whatever context he has you in. As a mom, as a father, as a boss, as an employee, as a mentor. God's main goal for anything that happens in your life is for you to take it and use it to make you more like Jesus. What does this do? It gives it purpose. So many of you are asking why this happened, why did that happen? I get it. I, I know. I ask that all the time. But at some point, if you're going to give your pain purpose and use your pain and use all things to shape you and mold you, you've got to shift from the why question to the how question. God, how are you going to use this to shape me and make me to be more like you? Lastly, your part in the process. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. That means I'm closing. You're welcome. Your part in the process. Hold me accountable here. Um, your part in the process. I believe we've got a part. You've, you've got a part. You've probably heard this before, this whole statement of trust the process, right? I've been a Jacksonville Jaguar fan <laughs> for a long time. And I've been trusting this process as they've sucked for a long time. And I'm trying to have faith in the GM, trying to have faith in what we're doing, trying to have faith in where we're going, as we continually had Blake Bortles as our quarterback. <laughs> and we had one good season. And then we had happen this season what I knew was going to happen. So, but, you know, you always hear this thing about teams trust the process, right? In other words, in the midst of the terrible seasons, trust something's being built. And I don't know if, honestly, we need to trust the process because the process is like this, right? So we need to shift from trusting the process to trusting the God of the process. Putting our faith in the one who sees what we don't see. Trust in the good father, the good father that wants more than anything to develop something in you, more than just give you what you need. So we need to shift Check this out. Philippians 
couldn't get that out. Buffering, that's what I say. Whenever I'm struggling, I, I tell people buffering. We're on 3G right now, I'm sorry. We'll get up to 5G here in a sec. <laughs> buffering. Philipp see, look, it's easy now. Philippians, yeah, I don't know. It's part of my burden, man, being a stuttering person. Uh, it says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it onto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Basically saying, look, Paul here, he's in, encouraging the church in Philippi, a church that he planted. He's writing this to Christ followers that have began their journey, that have began their process. He says, I want you to be confident of this, that he who began the process in you will be faithful to complete it in the in God's time. So instead of trusting in the process, trust in the God of the process. That God has the process, God sees the process, and God is working the process, but your part isn't to trust the process, your part is to trust the God of the process. Secondly, you've heard this whole saying, in my feelings. Anyone ever heard, heard, heard that? I'm just in my feelings, man, right now. Get out of your feelings, man, right? And as Christ followers, we can be so easily in our feelings when honestly we need to be in our convictions. Instead of dwelling in the land of feelings which are so up and down, we need to dwell in the land of convictions where our convictions trump our feelings. I believe so many Christ followers abort their process because they get locked in their feelings. An example really quick is marriage. How many of you know if, if you stay in your feelings in your marriage, God help you? God help you. There are so many times, and actually we were out to eat, Kristen and, and I, and somebody asked us, how have you made it 10 years? Not like 10 years is amazing, but honestly, most couples don't get past year seven, statistically. And they were like, John, how do you stay married? And I'm like, I, I didn't commit to her, I committed to God. I committed to her second. I'm committed to God first. So basically, my love for her is really because I love God. Why? Because God's love is constant for me. The fuel is God's love for me that gives me the fuel to love her in her inconsistencies, right? In the same, in the same fashion, she loves me who is so inconsistent. In my inconsistencies, it's God's constant love for her that fuels her to love me. Do you guys see this? If we're in our feelings, but I'm convicted of the fact of, I didn't commit to her, I committed to God first. I stood before a pastor and I stood before people and said I give my life to her, not just based on how I feel that day, but I base it on my commitment to God first. I'm not in my feelings, you need to be in your convictions. And let your convictions trump your feelings because if you don't, you'll bail on the process whenever it gets hard. Trust the God of the process. Instead of being in your feelings, be in your convictions. Lastly, two things, be faithful and don't quit. Some, sometimes many of us are right on the precipice of breakthrough. When you feel the most want to to quit is typically when you, write on, you are right on the precipice of breakthrough. I believe that, I've seen it. 
be faithful, play the long game, long obedience in the same direction. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit the process. Would you stand up with me, Life, Life House? That's your part. Trust the God of the process. Be in your convictions. Be faithful and don't quit. I just really, really feel no matter what part of the process you're in right now, whether you feel like you're right in the middle of it or you're, you're really not even started whatever process, wherever you're at, I just feel, I felt praying forward today that today was gonna be a time of surrender where some of you have been trying to control the process a little too much and you need to just kind of like get your hands up and be like, God, I, I give you control again of this process. Some of you here, like, like you, you haven't even surrendered your life to Christ yet. And today is going to be that, that, that moment and that time where you take the keys and pass it over to God. And you say, God, I'm, I'm getting out of the driver's seat. I'm going to put you in. I'm tired of, of being the driver. You need to be the driver. But I, the bottom line is this. I really felt the response time today is going to be a time of surrender. We're going to sing this sing this song, oh, come to the altar. If you've been in church, you know what the altar is, right? It's kind of the place down front that everyone goes, goes to. You, you know what? There, there really isn't anything special about this place here. Honestly, this place here, you can build, you can have an altar right, right, right where you're at. The bottom line is an altar is a place of sacrifice where basically you go and say, God, I surrender me. But at the same, same time, there can be something about an act of faith of stepping out and taking a physical step and coming down to a place down, down front that says to God, God, I'm stepping out in faith and I'm gonna put feet to my faith and step out and show a signal, a sign of my surrender. And so look, whether you wanna build an altar where you're at, just have that, whether you wanna come down front Whatever part of the process you need to surrender, whatever part of your life you need to surrender today, we're just going to sing this song, oh, come to the altar. We're going to have prayer partners down here. If you need prayer, whatever kind of response you need to do today to surrender and submit to the process of what God wants to do today, we're going to take this next song, and we're just going to take a few moments and respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to do and what the Holy Spirit wants to challenge you with today. Would you just lift up hands with me, Life House, really, really quick. God, so we take this time now just to do some introspection and think about what you spoke today. Pray that our hearts would be open, that we'd be honest with ourselves and wherever we're at with our process and whatever process we have. I pray that you bring encouragement today. Pray that you bring hope today. Pray that you would bring revelation today in people's hearts and in people's lives. And God, as we sing and as we respond today, bring breakthrough, encourage people, Give people endurance, give people perspective to fight for and fight in and fight through whatever part of the process they're in. This is Worship Lifehouse family. You need to come down. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, 
feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.